Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, brother John. How are you, sir? Feeling good. Ready to rock on the wonderful bro show. It is the bro show, and we are actual brothers. For those of you who have never joined us before, we talk about four things. First thing is we talk about an animal story, something to do with an animal that has to do with the season we're in. We have six-month seasons, and this is what season, John? I forget. Season of the whale. There it is. What wonderful animals they are. They are. So we have a whale story. A whale of a story, actually. Yeah. A whale of a story. Yeah. And then secondarily, we have a word that we've run into during our research period during the week, which is really extensive. We research these topics until until we come to tears and fisticuffs. Oh, we do that. That's part of the, the, the yeah. Then getting out the good stuff and it's a sickness. Even the bad stuff behind. Yeah. Then we have we have the two takes where John and I discuss a major topic, and we often have differing views. Or if they don't differ, they're at least different. Would you, would you agree, John? No, no, I never. Agree. I retract that question. You agree? I don't agree. I don't agree with that. But that's part of being. That's part of two takes. It is. It is. One or more of us are contrarians. I think we both are, really. And what's the last thing we do? We have two groaners. Groaners. These are what? What's a groaner, John? Oh, a groaner is like a bad dad joke. A dad joke or a bad joke, a pun. uh, Okay. All of the above. Yeah. It is. All right. So. That's who we are. That's what we do. Welcome. Hey, hey. What are you, what are you, are you wearing? wearing T-shirt wise. Me? I am wearing yeah. clothes today. I am. Yeah. I'm wearing the Clark Street Ale House concert. Uh, I put that in quotes. Uh, t-shirt. It is cardinal red. Mm. Very attractive. And, well, mine uh, is kind of a ooh. How do you like it? It's feeling good, comfy. I am. Yeah. Good shirt. I, am. I can live with that. I can live with that shirt. How about you? Well, I dug deep into my Bro Show t-shirt drawer and came up with Thanksgiving with John and Jerry. I don't think I've ever talked about that wow. on the show before. No, you have not. This is a first. This is the one that's got, it's almost got, it's got a lot of stuff written on it, like you know, here are your favorite turkeys, squabble and gobble, dark humor, sibling rivalry, and too much food. So this is the Thanksgiving yeah. tea, bro tea. So this one gets very little attention. I know. But I should wear it in the summertime because it's that light blue, almost like teal. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah pretty That's impressive. I like that color. And, of course, I our like mugs are on it, which is always nice. Oh, nice yeah, people hate that. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful for us. <laughs> That's yeah, how everyone else feels about it. But that's yeah. okay. That's a t- the show is for us. The T-shirt is, our, is for us. You know, our hey, T-shirts hey. are. Right? You know, it, what part of the segment that you, you didn't mention is we have a sponsor. Let's hear it. We have a sponsor. Let's hear it. And that sponsor is Save the Whales. Save the Whales is a California nonprofit formed in 1977. And it's by a, a lady named Maris Siddenstacker uh, and her daughter put together this 
this uh, nonprofit for the purpose of educating us about the importance of whales in our lives. So it starts out with a revenue source that's near and dear to our hearts, tea, T-shirts. Yeah. But since then, it has grown somewhat, and it, it's on the um, primarily does its work uh, in California off the Pacific Ocean. And uh, when the need comes up, they are they they're able to combine and bring together the resources and uh, and take on special projects. So good stuff. Yeah. And uh, they've got a lot of merchandise. I think you maybe sometimes even wear some of that merchandise, don't you? I do. Uh, you can buy a T-shirt and support this wonderful group or donate directly to them. we got links in the show notes. And, yes, I do. I have one myself. You yes. have one, John? You have one? Yeah. No, you I, were gonna I get actually, one. I'm going to have to get one uh, because the one I got was they, had, they didn't have medium, and I got a large, and I thought, you know, it might be okay, and it wasn't quite. So I, I basically handed it off to you, and I'm glad that you were able to enjoy it. It's a, it's a snug uh, large. <clears throat> But it's not a medium. It's not a medium. It's a snug yeah. marge, a large okay. marge, large marge. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I got that in there. Have you seen that movie? Deal. What movie? There's a movie with a character called Large Marge. She's a truck driver. She scares the oh. shit out of the main character. It's pretty good. Hmm. That's where that came from. My unconscious is unbridled today. Shall we talk about a whale? Yeah, one is a lonely number. One is and sure enough, number. our show is about it's a it's about the loneliest whale, uh, and this is based upon uh, what got us interested in it was a documentary that came out in 2021 uh, by a filmmaker named Joshua Zeman who doesn't know a lot about whales, but he was intrigued by a certain story. It seems mm-hmm. that back in 1989, the Navy was doing the regular stick, just looking out for Soviet subs. And noticed some very strange sounds as they, you know, did their sonar uh, surveillance. And the, some of the sounds, they weren't quite sure what they were. So they called upon a oceanographer, a guy by the name of William Watkins, to take a look into it because he is was an expert in the sounds of marine animals. And he determined that that animal was a whale. That sound was coming from a whale. Now... What you learn through this documentary, among many things, is the fact that when whales let out a sound, they're trying to talk. They're not yeah. talking to themselves. They're talking no. to another whale. And that whale is going to be of the same, usually the same species as, as they are. So this person who, William Watkins, the, determined that the whale was letting out a sound that was unique. He had never heard one. And it was at 52 hertz. Uh, that's uh, like a unit of uh, vibration frequency sound. And he had never heard that from a whale before, number one. And number two, he was unable to see that the voice or the sound was being communicated back. In other words, there wasn't a, a, a line of communication here. So therefore, he concluded after many, many years of research uh, tracking this down, that uh, this whale was a was a was a lone species, and uh, and he didn't really try to project, hy- hypothesize, or anything. So nope. that's kind of the, the 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 background. So the story went on, and all of a sudden, it just kind of dropped, and the doc- and the scientist passed away. And it was just recently resurrected again over the last couple of years, and that's how we get the documentary. So maybe you can talk a little bit about the actual film itself. I know you found it captivating. I did find it captivating. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I love that stuff. 
And uh, uh, executive producer on this was Leonardo DiCaprio, by the way. Yeah, there were uh, they needed to fund it because the the key to this exercise was the the the, the guy who did the documentary felt what he needed to do is is if we were going to find this whale. In other words, the sound was out there, but nobody had ever seen it. So the whole idea of finding this whale, and they were going to do it over seven days, is like looking for a needle in a haystack. It's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. But they, he said, well, I'm going to put some brain power to it. So he brought together on this boat, and they went out off the coast of Southern Cal, California, and spent seven days. Uh, they, you know, just really uh, trying to do all means, whether it be with sound equipment, uh, visual, and collecting data that in itself was, uh, was, was worthwhile. Maybe they weren't going to get the whale, find the whale. But what they were going to do was they're going to be with their collective minds, hopefully get closer to some answers to, as to what species this is. Uh, you know, is it still out there, et cetera? So, yes, yeah, it's still yeah. alive. Yeah. It's, it's a journey. Alive. When you say it's a kind of a journey film, you know, there's a hero yeah. and, and he has a quest. You know, it's not unlike, you know, Hercules and the Golden Fleece. You know, it, that's the way I looked at it. You know, and uh, we go through on this journey with this clueless director and, uh, you know, he plays the doofus. Yeah. And he's kind of a clueless hero and he gets edumacated and uh, we get to watch and And we get educated. We do. That's they're they're clever that way. These filmmakers. My feeling about the that it, it most if you read the reviews, most people who are not scientists feel it's very, very slow. I mean, you're looking at the water a lot, uh, you know, over the ocean, et cetera, this and that. You're watching people pensively uh, looking out into the sea, looking, you know, whatever they're looking for, who knows what it is. But the good news is that does sprinkle within the movie is a lot of interesting facts about whales and what uh, and how they, they uh, their, their behavior. And I, I think, you know, things such as uh, realizing that when a whale talks, he can be talking to another whale that can be not hundreds of miles away, but a thousand miles away. That's correct. We also learned the fact that whales are now confronted. You know, we think in terms of whales, you know, being hunted, poor whale, that's really bad. But the, but the things that we do to whales that we're so little, we have so little sensitivity about are, is noise. Noise yeah. from, because what we're doing, it's sort of like if you went into a room which was blaring with a lot of a, a, a sound, and you were trying to talk to somebody that was, you know, 50 feet away from you, it'd be very frustrating. That's yeah. what whales are confronted with right now because of various a lot of, boats, a lot of noise. all kinds of stuff going on in the ocean. So Yeah. Yeah, the Navy's out there looking for subs. Uh, the oil companies are, are sonic booming. Yeah. They find oil reserves under the under the shoreline. You know, so it's, a, it's not a great time for whales. And plus... A lot of whales like the California coast. I think they like the culture and the music, but I'm not sure. And yeah. uh, they like the coast, and that's a sea lane. And I never realized how many ships go in and out, but they showed it graphically with little dots yeah. on the screen and the coast. And then the whole world, it's crazy. Ships are constantly coming in here. 90% of our goods are imported. You learn tons of stuff in this movie, and I disagree with my brother. It's captivating because... Here's, here's some stuff you get. All right. They have to go out and find a herd 
of blue whales and fin whales because one of the guys thinks this is a hybrid between the two species. So he's going to look for a, for a pod, a bunch of them. Not easy to find a pod of these whales in an ocean so big, but they found them and they put trackers on the whales' backs with cameras, GPS, and all kinds of cool stuff. And you get to ride on the back of a whale virtually because you're seeing what it's like. You get to see the nostrils of the whale come up and blow, and you get to see him dive. You get to see him come up. You get to see him hang with other whales. It's a nonstop action film. You know what's really sad about this is I didn't even get a, tra- a chance to trash the movie, and you're telling me you're just telling me I disagree with you. I mean, this is a snooze fest for me. You know that, but I didn't uh, get a chance to tell you that. You made that clear. That. You made that clear with your Not withering yet. comments. I, I, I listen, withering I three comments. nights to watch it because I kept falling asleep while I was doing it. That's that's what coffee's for. You coffee. That. I don't drink coffee in the middle of the night. I well, watch movies watch. to keep me excited, and this was not one of them. I'm sorry. I, you know, if you're going to tell no, me you disagree want, you with you, I want to you, really you, disagree. I don't want to just be a pan. You watch psychotronics. That's what, you watch psychotronics. That's what you like to watch. He's I like psychotronics. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. The fifty foot woman uh, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> the attack fifty foot woman. Come on, let's get. This sorry, answer. sorry. Okay, all right, let's move on oh, well. before we hurt each other. Hey, listen, the bottom line is they did – I'll be positive about it. You know, maybe right. they didn't find the whale. Maybe they didn't find it, but they found a lot of other juicy stuff. We'll say – I'm going to say a little more than that because I want to keep it teased. So people, yeah. if they want to watch it, they get Prime Video or else – what else? It's on something else too. Yeah, forget. yeah it is on something else. Hulu, Zulu too. or something like that. Yeah, you get a taste on YouTube if you like it. There's lots of previews. Yeah, lots it, of trailers. check the trailers. In IMDb. Yeah. yeah, that's a good taste. I agree. Hey, okay. we got a word. We got a hey, word. We got, we got a word. Egalitarianism. E-G-A-L-I-T-A-R-I-A-N-I-S-M. Egalitarianism. Mm. It is the doctrine that all people are equal and deserve equal rights and opportunities. So I'll give you a sentence. The egalitarians support a basic universal income policy because it circumvents the patronizing and demeaning process of means testing. Got this out of the Stanford University Basic Income Lab uh, white paper that they had out. So wow. and it kind of segues very conveniently into our two takes. Two takes. Hey, hey. Okay. Yeah. Universal basic income. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, and I would say that this is a topic you say, well, why are you talking about this? Well, yeah. the first thing is we've been kicking this topic around for months and it just seems to pop up occasionally here and there or whatever. And sure enough, over this last week, uh, the city of Chicago, uh, put on, uh, started a, a program, a limited program of basic income with a study that they're going to do. So what they've done is they're looking for about a hundred people to support and people are putting their applications in. At the same time, you're down in Austin, Texas, and they're just about ready to, to uh, do a program down there. So yes. it, that's that's where kind of a, uh, it's going right now. And uh, we thought, what the heck? Why why is everybody doing this? Is this a, an, an area that's becoming more popular? Uh, when actually it's been around a while. Uh, yeah, if you can take a look and. Actually, the state of Alaska has had a program 
that gives everybody uh, a minimum income annually of anywhere from a thousand to two thousand bucks since 1982. Uh, wow, that's right. Go back. I forgot that. Yeah, it was it was in the we we in our notes we have a really good uh, thing called a UBI guide, Universal Baseball Universal you know, Universal Basic Income Guide, and mm. it's uh, written by a fellow by the name of Scott. Santons, say A.N. Santens, I guess is his name. Yes, he, uh, he is a he's a very big proponent of this. He's been uh, on this for well over at least ten years, and yeah. he's been on various councils. He's written a lot of information. You can get uh, and look at his his stuff. And I did learn. Guess what his degree is in? It's not in economics, believe it or not. It's what in psychology. It? Oh. Well, you know, that, that's that's one of the most interesting uh, aspects of this that is it frequently is. ignored is the difference in psychology. You know, people get into a rut and they get into a cycle, a non-virtuous cycle of, you know, shame, give up, can't get a job, da, 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 I hate my boss, all this bad stuff. They get into a cycle and they go down economically in a number of other ways, sometimes leading to crime. And what have you. And so that is a big part of this. And when you get on this program, your psychology tends to change. Right. Because everybody's getting it. You're not that special needy person. In that's fact, right. that's one thing. There's a lot of fallacies or frequently asked questions that, that are in this the, the, the document that we, you know, that we posted. And I think a couple of the questions are important to, to understand. And one of them is, who do we give this to? We give it to everybody. And, of course, somebody says, well, you know, maybe not everybody needs it. But the fact is that who wants to set the bar as to what is, uh, who gets it and who doesn't? It's too complicated. All of a sudden, you set the bar and you realize you set it too low. Oh, we got it. So let's just cut the chase. Get that out of the way. Just give yeah. everybody the, the money. And guess what? We've actually done that. We just did that recently. Yes, we did. It's called the COVID pandemic relief. Is is is, a, relief. is almost like a a, a test, a, a universal test. It isn't yeah. like we you know test a certain population. We gave everybody the buckos, and yep. uh, it, it and what it does is it cuts out a lot of the of the of the waste of of, of number one monitoring. Whether oh does that person really do it? Let's audit them. Make means sure that testing. they actually yeah. have it. We don't need the means testing. We don't do the audits. We don't have to worry about uh, all that stuff. And yeah. I know that implementing it is going to have its challenges because we'd like to think that there are certain programs that would be affected and perhaps even reduced, like food stamps, et cetera, kind of push part, you know, put it all together one place with the universal income yeah. and maybe yeah. be able to cut out some of the waste and be able to somewhat fund it, uh, fund the program. So yeah. that's uh, one of the, the, the key uh, questions that, that quite right. often comes That's up. where the debate often goes. You're right. Yeah. What, but, what programs might this eliminate? Yeah. The, I think I'll another question. Like yeah, no, you it. go ahead. Well, okay, I think I another thing that I think about is that when you have a program, when we take a look at the economy as it exists today, we are changing it so much as to what we do because of advances, et cetera. We're creating, uh, we're losing jobs quite often. 
quite often were eliminated sometimes and uh, creating new ones. All this transition has its effect upon people because all of a sudden their skill sets don't quite fit the needs. So when they're in this state, what they need is there are a lot of people who just need to exist at that point in time. And what they can do is, of course, is they can, with this universal basic income, it gives them that chance to to kind of either make that decision. Or am I going to change my course in terms of what I do? Hey, if he wants to be a bum, let him be a bum. That's right. But people tend not to become bums. Yeah. That it, that's the, the surprising works. thing, and that's the psychology aspect of it. Quick quick note about the Austin program: they postponed it because they have a nonprofit doing the distribution. They have 85 uh, individuals they're going to use for their trial, and what they decided was we don't have any criteria for testing the results of it. So that's what held up the implementation of the program. There was also a debate about you know what we just talked about. How does this affect other programs that the person might be on, et cetera? And the bottom line was the reason they wanted to do it was housing in Austin has gone up dramatically during COVID. And so the average rent is for a month is $2,000. So they thought, wow. well, yeah. So they thought, well, let's. Let's do this right. Let's let's at least try to offset some of that. That's why the program in Austin is a thousand dollars a month. The program in Chicago is five hundred because the rents here have gone through the the ceiling. A lot of people from California and other states moving here, and they just sell their property and they buy up, and then they get income properties and they charge lots of rent because they're used to California rents. So we're suffering in Austin more than any place else in the state almost. Uh, it's bad in other cities too, like Dallas and. Houston, but it's really bad here. So that's why they wanted the program here, and they're postponing it till they can get the mean, the the tests to uh, evaluate the program. How do they know if it succeeded? And I think that's smart. I don't have a problem with that. I think we should. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it right. You know, it's like these wars that the U.S. gets into. They don't have an exit strategy. They don't know if. How do you start a project if you don't know if you succeeded? What success look like? Why do something if you don't know what success looks like? So they should have some, some uh, you know, parameters to, to decide whether or not this was a good program and whether or not to go ahead with it. So anyway, that's UBI, and, and uh, that's all I have to say about it. Do you have any comments about Chicago, John? Well, the Chicago program is, uh, I, I think, one of the senses, it, it's got about 100 people involved. I think they're giving out uh, 500 or 750 a month uh, yeah. for a certain time. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's 500. Yours is a little bit higher, I believe. So yep. um, the thing is that uh, one of the things is I think that's making it popular to do is because there's a lot of uh, federal gov- government money still sitting out there that hasn't been spent as it relates to COVID, and they figure mm-hmm. that they can tie it in. So I think they're, they're looking at this as an opportunity to see whether it's successful or not. The time is right for it. So let's go for it and see what we can what can happen, but uh, I don't know exactly the timeline, but I do know that their applications are you you can apply for it. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's one that's got some very specific, you know, Targets, things yeah. in terms of you know in order to criteria in order to qualify. Yeah. As but, it does here, uh, it's a start. Yeah, it, it's 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 a start. So yeah, 
kind of a one of the other problems we have that's unique to Texas is uh, Austin is kind of like an island in the middle of a red state, and so what happens here is frequently they do things in Austin, and then the state legislature or the or the governor uh, bans it, and so there is also a, pro- a a worry that this may be against Texas law somehow to do this. Mm. And so they want to make sure that they're not going to get partway through the program and the governor or the, or the state Senate Congress uh, cancels it. So, yeah, that's a little problem that we have here that you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, enough of that. It's a great topic. Got lots of links. Look at the stuff. You know, once you finish your movie, loneliness whale. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Got a groaner or two? You got a groaner yeah, or two? I got two? a couple of groaners. Now, this one groaner I got from Vince uh, Anthony Lauder Jr. By the way, Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. provides us with our groaners, commonly referred to oh. as the coach. He uh, loves to give people groaners to see him groan. He loves he to does. see people wince in pain as he tells his, his bad dad jokes. So here it is. Here's the first one. And I had trouble with this one. It took me two days to figure it out. Who was the dyslectic gambler's favorite movie star? Who was the dyslectic gambler's favorite movie star? I don't have a clue on this one. I don't have a clue. Uh, Look, it took me two days to even figure it out, and I knew the answer. The answer is Jack Black. Oh. Dad, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it took me two days to figure it out. This, this it's, like a card, black right? jack, it's a card, right? Black jack, black. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was close. No, it's wow. like it's like saying you know, wow. dyslectic is you know they have trouble. Oh, oh, oh backwards. You know, okay. Black jack, backwards. Yeah. Jack oh, Black. Isn't that sick? That's a that's a Vince. As a result, is that's Vince? Whole... That's Vince. He's a sick puppy. So here, here's a, I, what I had to do is I said I got to recover from this one. This one that was so bad. So I picked one. Out of the what I consider the the vault, uh, one of the oldie but goodies, and here's one of my favorite ones. I'm going to give you. What is the basis for all copyright law? What is the basis for all copyright law? Oh man, I remember, this is an oldie. I remember it this is way back. Yeah, this is uh, a, this is a test. And, oh wait, it's, it's an exhibition. Excuse me. You know, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a contest. It's an exhibition, <laughs> and I'm going to fail. I've forgotten. Okay, the statue of imitations. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I that's know. That's good. the reason. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I I, I, I had to recover. I had to. You succeceeded. You are successful. The deal. Okay, have All a right. good one. <laughs>